Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast coming to you live from the CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. Uh, live from Studio A is what I missed. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. You can get caught up uh, with his latest piece at allchgo.com. Uh, discussing Max Stassi, who we talked about on yesterday's podcast. Also dove into Eric Fetty's pitch change uh, over in the KBO. And we'll kind of expand on that a little bit today. I, I guess the other big part of the winter meetings that we haven't talked about about yet was will they or won't they trade uh, Dylan C? So we'll talk about the rotation. Talk a little bit about D- Dylan C's. Talk a little bit about Eric Fetty, uh, and then talk about who else might be in the rotation. Uh, and then what we'll lead off with is somehow we have the worst luck in the world because I'm you and I yes oh no well, but even then I think what at the uh, winter meetings you guys did a podcast and then the Eric Fetty news was signed. Announced. No, it happened right in the middle. Oh, really? We were live oh. on the air when the news of the agreement broke. Uh, and then uh, by the time the show was over, the agreement became somewhat official, I guess. But obviously the contract still to become official, still waiting on that physical. We're being uh, produced by Sarah today. Hi. Who I'm assuming has seen fairly odd parents. Absolutely. Have you? Great show. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, you guys remember the part where the dad's like, here's where I would put an Eric Fetty uh, official announcement if I had one. Um, and it's an empty trophy case. Like that's, well, okay. we still oh, don't I have do that official. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We don't have that official announcement yet. We're just waiting on that. Um, but still, we're going to act like Eric Fetty's a White Sox. Uh, but they agree, they've agreed to it to your deal. Yeah, they've agreed. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's on MLB.com. So it must be binding uh, official uh, if it's up there. But we talked yesterday about the historic contract for Shohei Otani. And then the real news about the contract came out after we were done with the show. It's making my head hurt. I was told there would be no math. Oh, that was the other. I just <laughs> realized that the, I was going to try to make it easy for you. I was going to make you another graphic and I forgot what it was. That's the curse of having ADHD. Um, I was going to make the list that, you know, everyone's making. Here are all the players uh, on the White Sox in 2024 that will be making more money uh, than Shohei Otani as he will be deferring $68 million a year uh, for his uh, Dodger contract. Uh, $68 million uh, over 10 years is $680 million. He will be making $2 million uh, in a way. Uh, over the next 10 years for the Dodgers payroll sake. And uh, with deferring that money, uh, he basically signed around what is equivalent to a $460 million contract for 10 years with the deferred money. Just yeah, but not over- really. 
Right. Well, it will like, still yeah. arrive in well, his bank account and say 700 at the end, 20 years from now. <laughs> will it? Yeah. The idea is that inflation is oh, going to make you. it quote unquote worth less. But yeah. Yeah. I, that, economics, it, man. That's, I did not take any economics in college. So Herba Her, brought up like, you learned, you learned about Tommy DeVito today, uh, but he tweeted the thing of. I've seen Goodfellas. Yeah, but you learned about the quarterback named after the Goodfellas character today. Uh, Tommy, no idea such a person existed. Uh, No, and you you learned today, and and uh, Herb tweeted about Tommy DeVito's agent. The Fat Joe clip of yesterday's price is not today's price. And I also tweeted that video and said, what baseball Twitter has learned about the economy today that yesterday's price is not today's price. Hurts my head. You know, no math. Um, But it's. The thing that just bugs me are people saying, this is awful for baseball. Mad Dog Russo is having a conniption fit uh, on Sirius XM Radio, uh, foaming at the mouth, talking about how awful this is for Major League Baseball. Vinny, is this horrible for Major League Baseball? Will you be able to... Did you sleep last night? I slept fine. Thinking about the deferred money? No, I slept fine. But I will say this. I was explaining or... I was doing a bad job of explaining this to somebody, you know, based on what I gathered as the actual inner workings of this contract from the news that we received yesterday. And uh, I explained what the, what the CBT was and, and why, why this money is being deferred, why he's not just getting 70 million a year. And the, and the person I was talking to looks at me and goes, well, why is that allowed? (laughs) And I was like, that's a good question, right? Like if you're the Dodgers and you're going to give Shohei Otani $700 million, just give him $700 million. Like the whole point of the CBT tax, right? Or that would be, that's like ATM machine. The whole point of the CBT is to make it so a team can't just spend endless amounts of money, or I shouldn't say can't, are discouraged from spending endless amounts of money to keep the game competitive, right? Pittsburgh Pirates weren't going to give Shohei Otani $700 million. The Milwaukee Brewers weren't going to give him that. The Kansas City Royals, the Miami Marlins, they weren't going to do this. But the idea is that if a team does do this, they're going to be taxed for it, right? Mm -hmm. This is basically pulling an end around on that rule. And that kind of sucks, right? Because, I I mean, you're of the opinion that everybody should just spend infinity amounts of money, I understand. But like... The idea is that, like, if you're going to do that, you're going to pay the tax and you're going to be happy to pay the tax because it means you're going to have a much better chance of winning. The Dodgers are the favorite to win the World Series, as they should be, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to commit that much money, pay the tax. Why are you getting Why are you getting a tax break for spending $700 million creatively? I, I guess, but <laughs> I, what it, it seems like is that Toronto was willing to go up to seven hundred million, and that money would likely be deferred as well. Like it doesn't mean it just means that Shohei Otani, no matter what, was going to get that massive deal, and it was likely that ownership would defer that money because that's also reported what he wanted. Like that's I, I fine, think it, at I, the end so of the day, like he's the one who pulled are, the end around people, on the rule. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, and but like it's not even the rule. Like Article X, what is it? X, X Article v, X X V. I, so that'd be 15, 16. 16. Yeah. Uh, Jeff t- Passon tweeted this no, out. your Super Bowls. Uh, <laughs> you know, usually they just say Super Bowl 16. <laughs> um, deferred compensation. Also, Roman numerals. Yeah, that's what Super Bowls are measured I, in. I, I forgot football was a Roman sport. Not football, just the championship game. <laughs> 
Uh, there shall be no limitations on either the amount of deferred compensation or the percentage of total compensation attributed to deferred compensation for which a uniform player contract may provide. What I know about deferred money in baseball before this is the Bobby Bonilla thing that everybody makes fun of, right? Like, sure, but like, that was before there was a CBT. Why have the CBT if you're not going to enforce it? But they do enforce it. Like, I, I think but they're that, enforcing it at almost half half the we, cost of what they actually spent on the player. When we launched in 2022, right, we didn't have anything to talk about because they were fighting over the wordings Max. of yes, all of this. Right. So, like, they wrote the rule. They're fine with the rule. And the only rule that this team that, 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 that there's two teams that this rule has affected since 2002 and it's the Yankees and Dodgers the Yankees have spent around 348 million and that was of uh, 2021 uh, the Dodgers have spent over 151 million uh, the Red Sox 51.1 million because of the CBT the Cubs 14 million the Tigers 9 million the Giants 8.8 million the Nats 3.84 million the Astros 3.1 million the Angels not even a million and the Phillies not even a million um, the Mets have spent like 30 million in 2022 and they haven't paid the actual tax for 2023 yet that gets settled in January of 2024 so we'll know those numbers in January of 2024 so come back I know you're biting your nails about what the Mets will pay in CBT um, but I don't know. I think I think it just forces owners to spend. I don't. I don't think this is a bad thing. I mean, I don't if you're going to own, a, I'm, own I'm a baseball team, you got you got to play the game. I'm talking about something very specific, right? I mean, I'm talking about a very specific point of this. And my thought is, if you want to force owners to spend, right? The whole the whole point of this was to say, hey, Pittsburgh, hey, Kansas City, we're going to give you some of the money. That, from, that the Yankees made and that the Dodgers made in an effort for you to bring your rosters up to snuff. Again, I'm not arguing that they all have enough money to spend on these players already. Of course they do. So they should just do it. But the point being that the the this very specific rule, if you're going to be like, yeah, but now we're going to give you less because they agreed to pay this guy in 2040 instead of next year, like, why have the rule? Why even have it? The, the deferred compensation rule? To, to allow this no. to happen. Why yes. have the CBT if you're going oh. to not tax it as the actual amount of money that they're giving the players? I, I guess. Like the, the, the I, Brewers and the Guardians are now missing out on money that they could reinvest back in their team, theoretically, because they've, just, they've allowed for this contract to be taxed as if it were a $460 million contract as opposed to what it actually is, which is a $700 million contract. But... Again, if you're the Brewers who don't spend that type of money, why aren't you allowed to say, hey, Corbin Burns, we would really like you to have, have you for a five-year window, but we're going to spread that out for 15 years. Like, if the Brewers are going to be cheap, yeah. you could do this at a smaller scale at like $162 million sure. and just spread that out over 10 years. Sure. Like, I mean, basically effectively play Corbin Burns $16.2 I mean, it is kind of ridiculous, the number that the salary is reaching, $700 million for Shohei Otani. Is that the cap for forever? I mean, what, we had Trout break that at 365 and then I think what Machado was around 330 so like it would be approaching you know 500 at some point like is Juan Soto's contract going to be around 500 million is he is he worth that that's a weird to say about a human like I don't know it's it's pretty much monopoly money when you get up to the hundreds of millions of dollars so if you are going to spend that type of money I don't think it's a bad rule to defer it if that's what the player wants. I'm saying, what, listen, the deferral is fine. I'm saying why is, I'm just talking about the very specific 
the, t- the, the reason that it's being deferred, right? Which is we're going to, I, Shohei Otani, am going to save the Dodgers C- CBT tax money. Again, I did it again. C- uh, competitive balance tax money so they can go out and pay somebody else and then not pay the tax or pay less tax because of what I did. Does it not intrigue And that's good you, for the though? Dodgers, but it's not but it's not good for everybody else. I, I, as you brought up yesterday, the Yankees and, and Dodgers even though they've spent a, you know, I think are still even though the the money hasn't been paid are the only teams to go over 100 million dollars uh for the CBT uh to pay 100 million dollars like I don't know, they've only won two championships since 2002. Absolutely. So the Dodgers are kind of seeing if they can take a different route. Let's maybe just spend an ungodly amount of money because the Mets just try to do it. And it might work and it or it might Mets. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the, the Diamondbacks might come in and just beat the Dodgers again. Exactly. Because baseball makes no sense. Here's Eduardo Rodriguez, who you could have traded for. He just didn't want to come to your team, L.A. Um, and, you know, I don't know. That'd be a nice uh, little turnaround story. But uh, I, I get your point about the CBT, but like. I don't know. I think I think it's good for baseball because I think what the A's are doing is is horrible too. I think I think you have to have a reverse of that where you have to have a floor for salary or you're going to get like taxed to where what the middle teams get your money. Like it makes no a sense. Lot, a to lot like, of fan, a lot of fans would like would like to see that. And I mean, I think again, that's it's just, not my that's, money. Dude, that's just whatever. The, yeah, right. The sport though. I mean, like yeah. you, you you hear the NFL and you know all the or at least in the NBA, a lot of people are like, what well, Mike Connolly was the highest played player, like with his certain guarantees. Cause he was drafted by the Grizzlies, like for a short time uh, when there was LeBron at the peak of his powers, like Mike Connolly was making more money than him. Like, that's also kind of weird. Like, I feel like there weird. should kind of dictate a little bit, like a player should be able to set his own market. Like LeBron James would be making a hell of a lot more money if there wasn't a salary cap and certain restrictions on players money. So I, I don't know. I, I think people probably love salary cap talk, but like I'm I'm for the the freedom that you could be spending, you know, ten dollars on your team like uh, the gap owner of the Oakland A's um, or, you know, Steve Cohen, who's burning money on the, the, the New York Mets like it is your money. You get to do with it like that's kind of America. You know, let's 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 just let them spend as much money as they want. Don't want to get too political because we bashed Kid Rock, who apparently is uh, Mozart uh, authoring uh, Ba with Ba. So uh, there we go. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to get political there. But I, I think having the freedom to do whatever is fine. And I mean, you still get draft picks for compensation and the Rays have been able to find a way to be competitive for a very long time, a sustained time. I don't think it's a bad thing if the Dodgers want to kind of put that throttle down. I don't think try it's a, to buy a World Series. Let's see if it can happen. I don't think it's a bad thing either. I think I said yesterday that it's cool that Otani went to the Dodgers and will be must see TV every night, and that's absolutely fine. That is a good thing. I'm more so just perplexed at the specifics of that. Yeah. The very very specifics of that. Yeah, I'm not ashamed. My 2023 World Series pick was the Mets, so I, I guess I'm kind of rooting for someone to buy a World Series. I guess I, think I, I had him winning. The, I think I had him winning the pennant too. So I, I you guess weren't I, alone. I guess when I watch Star Wars, I also root for the guys in black, uh, just like my baseball. Shouldn't teams. do that. Oh, are they the bad guys? Darth Vader. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> yikes. Um, all right, uh, let's take a break. Uh, I guess this makes me want to drink. I guess this makes me, uh, you know, uh, talking about all these numbers, talking about all this salary cap. I hear, uh, I hear something coming <gasps> down the road. <laughs> Sir oh, Goosington. there it is! It's Sir Goosington. Oh my goodness! 
You know what? We're having a honkingly good time talking about the salary cap and why wouldn't we be, but you can have a honkingly good time doing what I did the other night, having myself a 3-1-2 or, you know, why not more than one? Do it responsibly, of course, but it's mm. been Chicago's beer since 1988 and they support us here at CHGO. I enjoy the 3-1-2, of course, but you can get many other great Goose Island beers, whether it's that beer hug uh, series that Herb is always drinking, the Full Pocket Pills, which is the favorite of the non-Milwaukee brewers over at the brewery, and of course, it's Christmas time. Guys, they got a Christmas IPA going on as well. Christmas time is here. I was, I was just trying to have yourself a, a Goose beer. Island beer. Nice. Uh, see what we did there? That was that wasn't even Pretty rehearsed. Uh, but yes, uh, you can have yourself a honkingly good time. So go ahead and grab an ultra fresh brewery exclusive beer over at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or go over to West Town and grab one from their tap room on Fulton Street. What's up? Oh, sorry. I just read Connor's thing. Uh, Luke Skywalker did wear black, and that was sick. Well, and I was going to point out, too, that all of Darth Vader's goons wear white. That's true. Yeah. So. Black and white, just like the White Sox, the, though. The, they're, they're mixing their colors up uh, out there in space. Good guys but, wear black. Uh, but, yes, Goose Island, they support us. They've been Chicago's beer since 1988. You should go grab some Goose Island beer at your local Jewels or wherever else. And have a honkingly good time. Thank you so much. I did not mean to uh, cut off your your Goose Island read. That is always uh, very, very consistent. I want to let you know about our friends over at Midtown Athletic Club. Uh, They have four beautiful locations in Chicagoland. Uh, They have Palatine in the northwest suburbs, Bannockburn in the North Shore, Willowbrook in the southwest suburbs, and the Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. I have toured it. Uh, It is a a mausoleum to the human body. and uh, That is uh, not the right word. It is a monument. Monument to the human body. There you go. No, it isn't. Mausoleum is where they hold dead bodies. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's yeah, me you don't want to use that word. Yeah, that's me. Being, I was thinking like, a, I guess a cathedral maybe. There you more. go. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, uh, you know, go take care of yourself, yeah. right? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's good for the body. It's a temple for your body, which yeah. you should be treating like a temple. There you go. Oof, oof, boy, my bad, folks. Uh, Midtown Palatine has launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club, which will be compete, complete in early 2024. Listeners can lock in favorable rates if they join before the end of the year. Um, it is the nicest fitness club that I've ever seen. Uh, they do have a lovely website as well that you can go visit at midtown.com chgo to find out more. And you should take the tour. Um I would say, you know, you get to see the pools and it's kind of tempting, at least the outdoor pools uh, on that Midtown uh, thing. It's not Midtown's fault that they are in Chicago uh, and that it is cold, but we did get to see the indoor pool and that was very, very cool. Uh, the sauna was very, very cool. Um, I think they have some tubs as well. So uh, if you are at least trying to to warm up, uh, you can escape. It's a, it's a real escape over at Midtown. Uh, so head over to Midtown.com slash CHGO, find out more and toward the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. All right, so let's get into the um, uh, Herb's comment, uh, and then we'll get into the starting. Not that, training. not the one not where the he's high, saying hi to Jim. Jim. Right. Hi, Jim. <laughs> hey, um, Herb Lawrence. Maybe Otani is the unicorn because he plans on living in Japan post career, so that money won't be taxed as much as it would be in America. Again, I, I don't understand this. We need to have. I don't, does, does Herb know the uh, tax rate in Japan? Herb's a very well-traveled man. He, I, I know at some point in his life he lived in San Diego. 
That's he's more been to places. numerous ballparks. He's been to numerous. <laughs> he's ballparks. been to Kid Rock's bar. He's been to Kid Rock's bar. Uh, I, I he I think he knows a lot about this world and the economy. So uh, you know, uh, I think Herb's probably likely just sitting on a pile of money right now as we speak. Wow. Um, let's go to the main topic about the rotation and what this holds for the Chicago White Sox. Um, kind of gave the analogy that Eric Fetty, even though it isn't official yet, is likely the only sharpied in. Uh, name in the in the rotation right now, sir. Agree if you with that, yeah. Flash the graphic. Uh, obviously, Dylan Cease is uh, the the best pitcher of the crop. So if he is still on the team opening day, he will be the opening day starter. Uh, Eric Fetty, I slotted in at two, mainly because Michael Kopech, who I think uh, William early on in the show said needs to prove his worth. Um, we're not really even sure if Kopech, as Pedro Grafol mentioned, if he has a poor spring, he might not be in this rotation. Well, and I think the idea is that the White Sox are very much planning for and hoping for him to be part of the rotation. But after what we saw last year from Michael Kopech, I don't think anybody is going to go into camp and be able to tell you that guy's going to have a good enough spring to make the rotation, right? I mean, and so if things go the w- in spring the way they went all summer long in 2023, you could be looking at a guy who they could – and they've spun it positively in saying, you know, leaning on his versatility and his uh, small history of pitching out of the bullpen and saying that maybe this guy could be a good bullpen arm for them. Remember, they've got plenty of spots to fill out there as well. But um, right now, we are treating uh, Michael Kopech as a starter. The White Sox are treating him as a starter, and he should be considered a starter until he proves otherwise, which yeah. might never happen. Who knows? Right. I, I think it would be surprising uh, if he really took that bad of a turn in spring training. A lot of the best memories I have of Kopech are in spring training when he's had kind of that off season to reset, to come in. But he hasn't healthy. had many of those. That's the thing. I think even you even look to last year, you know, he, he had the uh, COVID, you know, that kind of delayed things for him. Obviously, the year prior, uh, you know, pitching out of the bullpen and, and having – you know, not exactly the starters workload that he would be coming in with. And then the year prior to that, he had missed two seasons because of, uh, because of various reasons. So uh, he hasn't really had that regular off season. And I think part of the reason that they talked about giving him that surgery at the end of last mm-hmm. season was we're going to do this now. So we don't have to do it in December. And then that screws up his off season again. So I think that they're pretty confident that this will get him as close to a normal off season as he's really had I don't know, ever since coming up to the major leagues, really. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. I, I guess I'm accessing one memory where he was going up against the Rangers, and I don't know if this was maybe his first spring training start uh, since 2019 that I'm remembering after he sat out the COVID year, but I think he was hitting like 101, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. This is going to be the greatest pitcher that i ever seen in my White Sox life, uh, and it just has not come to fruition. I would just love to see that kind of come back, though, because uh, he just does have such a dominating fastball and guys have been so cold for the off season. So then you just kind of have that guy pumping 99 and it's just so impressive. Um, I hope maybe for his confidence, cause, uh, in the betting world, in my degenerate mind, uh, you're always kind of looking for an edge and, and maybe if you can determine before a game, if one team maybe wants it more than the other, like what's the motivation edge, the motivation edge for Michael Kopech, Kopech is so extremely clear. And there's been so many road bumps, whether it be the cyst, the surgery, uh, the Tommy John, uh, kind of as he alluded to before, the the mental work that he's had to go through. 
it's a guy that's, again, easy to root for. So I, I hope he kind of has that easy spring training where he does look great, the, you know, the mitts popping, and he can just go into the regular season with full confidence that it's not really a question of am I a starter or am I somebody in the bullpen? Because you look at the other options uh, that you put on the right side, uh, not even the guys below him like Michael Soroka and Jared Schuster. Uh, Sarah, if you don't mind flashing the graphic. Um, like, I think Michael Kopech should look at a guy like Shane Drowen or Garrett Crochet or Tuki Toussaint, Jesse Schultons, Nick Nostrini, Christian Mena. Like, he should be able to look at the guys that are breathing down his neck and be like, oh, I have way more experience, a way better resume to be in this rotation. Um, hopefully there's that confidence and that edge to prove somebody wrong because we know how athletes just, if they have that edge, uh, kind of pushes them further. So I, I, I think there's a lot of pluses in Copex camp where he will be in this rotation come opening day, 2024. Yeah, um, I would, I would, I would agree. I think if you've got to project it out right now, mostly because what you mentioned, the alternatives are not exactly, you know, scaring anybody. <laughs> I don't think, uh, across, uh, the AL central, we'll put it that way. Not to say that there's not some good bounce back candidates in there, but Michael Kopech's got another resource now, too, in Brian Bannister, and mm -hmm. I think that that is something that we should we should be on the lookout for. I mean, what is the offseason off plan? It's not, you know, Brian Bannister is obviously playing a role in the acquisitions of these guys. I'm sure he identified Soroka and Schuster as guys that could help out this White Sox team, you know, if things go right. He obviously did that with Eric Fetty. I think, though, he's... Michael Kovac's been here longer than Bannister has. When Bannister showed up, he showed up probably with the idea of, well, the, one of the first things you're going to have to do is help fix Michael Kopech. And so he was able to probably put together an offseason plan with Ethan Katz. Let's see how it plays out. We've seen Ethan Katz turn guys around before uh, very impressively, be it Dylan Cease, be it Carlos Rodon, obviously the work he did with Lucas Giolito uh, a few years back. Now Brian Bannister's there as well, and you've got a couple of these guys who have reputations for turning guys around. Michael Kopech needs to turn things around, and he's going to have a whole offseason to work on it um, as well as the spring. And so I think you should be expecting him to be in that rotation come opening day. Uh, the only thing is what I said earlier, where the certainty might not be there, the dependability, the ability to say, yeah, that's going to happen. We know that that's going to happen. We don't know, and it's still going to be a question mark until that question gets answered. And that's kind of the whole White Sox wrote roster is just a bunch of question marks. Yep. So, I mean, it's not really a, a bad thing that Michael Kopech might be just one of the many 26 question marks. Uh, I'll say 25 for Luis Robert Jr. Uh, on this White Sox roster in 2024. Let's look at the guys breathing down his neck. Um, again, Michael Soroka, he's got the most impressive resume, resume compared to everyone below him uh, and to the side. It's just health. Um, was there an update? Winter meetings for Soroka health-wise? I mean, I think that they think he's in good shape. I, I don't think that there was – I mean, I can't speak to exactly whether there was something lingering or not from last season, okay. I think. But but I think that they – No news uh, is good news. Acquired him with the idea of him competing for a starting job. I, think, I go back to the uh, press conference that Chris Getz had after that trade was made, and he said – that the expectation is that Soroka and Schuster will show up to spring ready to compete for that starting job. And he said, hopefully one or both of them are in the rotation come opening day. So um, Schuster, I believe was the one who had more starts in the big leagues last year than Soroka, if memory serves. Yeah. Um, but obviously Soroka has had a really nice 
full big league season under his belt at one point, even if that was a few years back. Uh, again, these guys are, remember the word we used yesterday when, or that Chris gets used last week, bets. You know what I mean? These guys are bets. Fetty is a bet. Uh, Soroka, Schuster, their bets. Um, you know, the idea is that they could be something. And also, too, as we look at this, we are talking about the current state of the rotation. I'm not sure that Chris Getz is done adding to that list of players. But as we sit here right now, I think that's probably a, a, a reasonable top five. And, of course, the biggest question mark is, is right at the top. Is Dylan Cease going to be there or not? Uh, you're right that Schuster made more starts 11-6 to six for Michael Soroka. Um that was my next question was, I guess, is Schuster fair to be at the, that fifth spot? Um, I don't think Crochet is an actual contender. I, I think it's agree with that. likely just Toussaint or Schultens that would beat him out out of the well, current crop. Jared Schuster's a lefty. Right, that's and, that's what I think. Yeah, and yeah. so I think that I, I think that if he has a good enough spring training, just for the sheer diversity mm. in that rotation, you, that he would probably have an inside track, just because he throws with his left hand, and a lot of those other guys do not. Um, you know, Schultens and Toussaint, those guys strike me as depth. They strike me as the guys you stick in the bullpen as a long man. Hey, maybe they come in and get two, three innings worth of cleanup duty in there. And you know what? In late May, when someone has to go on the IL for a week, then they get a spot start. You know, in July, when you're missing somebody for for a couple of weeks, they get a few turns. But I don't see. Listen, they could come in and have the greatest springs of their lives, I suppose, and 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 change the narrative. But based on what we saw in the second half last season, they did not do anything, at least in my opinion, to say, "Oh yeah, I want to see that for 30 starts." You know what I mean? And right. so, and and it's not saying they can't. It's not saying they can't turn around. They've got, what, Toussaint was a first-round pick. Schultons, that was his first big league action was last year. They, they could very well still be in that development mode, but um, just based on what we saw, uh, you would think that they would be maybe looked at as more sixth, seventh, eighth starters as opposed to they're, they're a lock for the rotation. Yeah, I, I think Nestrini is interesting just because, obviously, they just acquired him. Uh, you know, you look at, I, I think, the Dodgers making this – Trade uh, pickup of Otani. I think they had to clear forty man roster spots, and they made a trade with the Yankees. And basically, I, I forget who has a better prospect ranking. I'm pretty sure it's the Dodgers. Uh, so the Dodgers traded like their nineteenth uh, and twenty fifth, for example, prospects for the Yankees eleventh prospect. And everyone's like, "Well, that doesn't make sense because you know eleven uh, versus nineteen and twenty five. Like they got the better player." And it's like, "No, just the Dodgers' prospect ranking is better than the Yankees. The so Dodgers have twenty five guys who are better than the top ten and the or the who are better than the number eleven in the Yankees, right? Right. So I'm I'm not sure really where Nestrini sits in the mind of the White Sox because he was effective, uh, the same effectiveness uh, at Tulsa, Charlotte, uh, Birmingham, uh, around a four ERA. Um, he's got a pretty decent inning space, 114 innings, and then 116 innings uh, in his first two professional years uh, in the Dodgers organization. He's got four pitches, uh, so a, a kind of major league starter pitch mix. I think that he could be the one guy, at least on that that side, that could compete for Schuster because Schuster also has the ability to go be sent down. Um, so it's not like he's pressing. I think um, now I feel like I'm, I'm second guessing myself. I believe last year that was his first batch of big league action. I believe so. Um, yeah, he's got two options. So, yeah, um, the li listen. I think out of the guys who have yet to pitch in the major leagues, 
Nostrini is the one who you would keep your eye on. Um, I think uh, I know a commenter brought it up. I think Jake Eater is probably not far along, far enough along yet. The other guy they got in that trade with the Angels, Kai Bush, probably not mm-hmm. far enough along yet. These are names to watch for the future, absolutely. But when you're talking about who could be on the opening day roster, I don't think those guys are going to be part of that mix. Um, we have Christian Mena up there. He was promoted to AAA, I believe, right at the same time that Nostrini was or right around the same time that Nostrini was last year. So maybe you could include him in there, but I still think Nostrini is just a little bit more advanced or I should say the most advanced of the guys that they have in the minor leagues. Um Chris Getz has said he'd be okay with somebody making the rotation that hasn't had big league experience if that's the way that it plays out. Um, so, yeah, I think you could circle Nick Nostrini uh, as that guy. Remember Shane Drohan, who they picked up with right. the Rule 5 pick at the winter meetings? He has to stay on the big league roster if he's going to stay in the organization at all. He also has not pitched in the major leagues. Um, his numbers were not good at AAA last year. Um, but So you maybe would see him, if they want to hold on to him, as a – Long man in the bullpen, maybe, you know, uh, Getz was talking about perhaps he would have the ability to do that, but maybe he shows up to spring, shows well, and they give him a shot. So there's a lot of ways that this could go, and like I said, I think this is not the final painted picture, whether we're just talking about Dylan Cease getting traded and and other guys come in to uh, bolster the farm system, and we have to change that one through five because number one goes away, or because there's a lot, maybe more moves left to be made. This could really be a throw everything at the wall and see what sticks type approach to a starting rotation. Is that going to, uh, is that something that sounds like it's going to win you a whole lot of baseball games? Maybe not, but it's something where they can really take their time and figure out who's a guy and who's just here. And maybe there's far more in that latter group than there are in that former group, but if they can get Michael Soroka to figure things out if they can get Shane Drohan to figure things out all of a sudden now not only do you have a guy who oh okay that's you know gonna be somebody who is helpful in 2024 you're talking about the next time this team is competitive there's a guy you can lean on the certainty that I talked about that doesn't exist with really any of these guys but I was specifically talking about it in regards to Michael Kopech maybe they find someone or someones with that certainty that they can use going into 2025, putting them in a way better position from a starting pitching standpoint a year from now than they are right now. And the biggest question is the guy with the most talent is Dylan Cease. We'll take a break, tell you about ComEd, and discuss if they will be more aggressive in the free agent front, whether they are trading Cease this year or or this offseason or not. And the big question, will they trade him? Because they haven't yet. They're still on his team. Uh, so let's jump into the uh, comment read. Why, why, why don't you? Do you have it, Vinny? I do. Do you want to be first reader or second? I'll reader? be second. You go right All ahead. right. Well, then why don't we let people know that it's getting easier for businesses to switch to electrical vehicles. That's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. You know, you're right, Sean. The electric grid is evolving to meet your... That's you. That's me. Cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. I'm just puzzled, though, because I'm not a business owner. So if somebody I'm putting on my business owner's shoes, what would a business owner do? What a business owner should do is go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about resources 
fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you, yes, you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. They're good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? Sean passed his hearing test with flying colors because I did. Now go and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. I'm really big into nature docs and I would like nature to stay around. So why don't you go do it? Comet.com slash clean. We watched one last night. Which one? We watched one on uh, Disney about African wild dogs. Ooh. Yeah. That seems interesting. It was good, yeah. I'm, I'm real big into uh, water. You're big into water? Big, big into water, water guy? Got some water I right here. I love water. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think you're going to find anybody who's anti-water. Sh- shipwrecks. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not a, a, uh, I'm not a stranger to a, a couple shipwreck docks. You a big Titanic fan? I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's famous. I, I know of it. it. Get this. Titanic. I just found this out either yesterday or the day before. There is something called, I might get the name wrong, but I'm getting the gist of it, the Chicago or maybe the Lake Michigan Underwater Archaeological Society what? that studies shipwrecks in Lake Michigan. Well, yeah, they're still finding some. There's, There's like tw- thousands of There shipwrecks. is something called the Chicago Maritime Museum in the Bridgeport Arts Center over on 35th oh, Street, right down the street from the ballpark. This sounds like content. We should go. We should go. We should get. We should get a. We should go scuba diving. An Uber paid for it and and can go check that out. What if we found a shipwreck? Uh, Sarah, are you big into the Titanic? I love Titanic. The, the movie? movie or the boat? Both. Oh, okay. I used to be obsessed with. It was like one of those like, it's like a Roman Empire thing. Like it's mm-hmm. just one of those things that like I just love and I've loved my whole life. Yeah. The movie's fantastic too. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. I'm down with shipwrecks. I'll tell you uh, what I won't do good. though. I will never go visit the real Titanic. I don't want to do down that. down there too far. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah, I, again, I'm never going to go into water because I know what happens, especially, I mean, I mean, you, talk about the thousands you, of shipwrecks you, in Lake Michigan. I'm sorry, you, stated fan of water. You're not going to go in water? Uh, hell no. What did we you learn swim. last year? Swim. You can't swim? Not well enough to save my life. Well, then, And that's a possibility if you're going in water. And you're really talking high and mighty about how much you love water. What did we learn <laughs> with the submarine? I, sorry, what? What did we learn with the submarine? Right. Don't yeah. go down there. Oh, yeah, especially not in like a tin can. Um, what about a yellow I, I appreciate water. Is that better? There you go. You're an admirer of water. An admirer yeah, of water. From afar. An intaker of water. <laughs> um, Want to let you know about our friends over at Hero Bread. Usually Herb is doing these reads, um, but... I have had Hero Bread, and it is absolutely fantastic. I uh, woke up uh, one morning, uh, popped in uh, the Hero Bread into my... my, my uh, Mouth? My to- oh, no, oh. my toaster. Uh, toasted that up, uh, had a little egg, had a little bacon. Uh, it was, I made avocado toast, sorry. And then Herb has not uh, stopped bringing up that picture to me every time he does his read. So uh, I've uh, ingrained that breakfast into my bread, uh, into my brain. Uh, but it is absolutely delicious, tastes like real bread. Uh, and Herb's a huge fan of it because it's high in fiber. Uh, it's got zero to two grams of uh, uh, carbs. Uh, is it carbs? I'm so sorry. Uh, what is the... Oh, my bad. Goodness. It is zero to one gram of net carbs. It has five to 11 grams of protein. I'm trying to read it off the street. It has zero grams of sugar and it's less than 100 calories. And as Herb is a diabetic, he appreciates the zero uh, grams of sugar. Our guy Cole Glass made a ton of muffins to try to make this the best possible recipe. And he's expanded this to tortillas. He's expanded this to bread, obviously. Um, and if you are looking for this type of option, it has the taste and texture of normal bread. It's soft, it's fluffy, it's delicious, it's tasty. Uh, the, uh, 
nutritional interest of high in fiber, uh, ultra low net carbs and zero sugar. Um, and you also get a discount, uh, CHGO for 10% off at hero.co. Uh, again, go to, uh, hero.co to get 10% off your first order and use code CHGO to save on hero bread today. That is H E R O dot C O to save 10% today. Herb, I miss you. Oh. <laughs> like when Herb does these reads because he's better at it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic product. Uh, and thank you to Hero Bread uh, for being a sponsor. Uh, let's jump into Dylan Cease. I know that, you know, Chris Guest kind of restated that we're open to offers. It, whether it be Luis Robert Jr., whether it be Dylan Cease, we're open to offers. They obviously haven't gotten that offer yet. Does that surprise you? Um, I don't know. I think the way that it was painted before the winter meeting started was the White Sox would be interested in kind of letting some chips fall and see what that does to some of the, the, the teams that might be interested in a Dylan Cease, right? I mean, we're seeing now plenty of reports about uh, Yamamoto, who's coming over from Japan, and the very high contract that he might uh, demand. There's a lot of teams, it sounds like, that are interested in uh, acquiring his services, but only one's going to do it. And so when the, and I'm just going to use this as an example, Giants signed Yamamoto, the Dodgers are going to be left looking for a pitcher. The Blue Jays are going to be left looking for a pitcher. The Yankees or the Red Sox might be left looking for a pitcher. All of a sudden, the desperation goes up. Maybe the White Sox get people to meet their asking price or send in some offers that are a little bit more enticing. The way that we had it kind of painted at some point during the winter meetings too was... Why do the White Sox have to trade him this offseason at all? Come the trade deadline, there's no free agent to go sign. There's no Blake Snell. There's no Yamamoto. There's no Jordan Montgomery. The only way that you're acquiring one of these top flight starting pitchers is via a trade, and that drives up desperation. That drives up the uh, potential return packages. So say the White Sox have their eyes on no more than a few start, uh, you know, a, a few of the absolute top prospects in baseball, but the teams are like, mm, eh, right now, all right, White Sox, there's no rule the White Sox have to trade them this winter. They can sit around until July and then say, remember when we wanted your top four prospects? That's what it's going to cost you to get a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And a team might say, well, I have to, I have to make this trade now or else I'm not going to win the World Series. Again, there's a lot of ways this could go. The way that we keep hearing this talked about, it would sure seem like Dylan Cease is going to be wearing a new uniform come opening day. But there's a lot of things that need to happen. First, it would, it would appear um, Otani getting signed in, or getting signed by the Dodgers is a good start to getting that ball rolling that's going to knock down some dominoes that might lead toward Dylan Cease. I think, because listening to the winter meetings talk, I think John Paul Morosi brought up that exact point about, you know, uh, the, the free agent, the much maligned John Paul Morosi, um, of, you know, you can't really have that free agent acquisition within the season. I guess my one concern with that is if Chris Getz, Brian Bannister, Josh Barfield, the crew, um, really like specific players, those guys might not be at the same level come July, right? They might not be at the, of the same health come July. So I hope it's still just maybe a base package that they're looking for, right? We are looking for two pitchers. It doesn't have to be two specific pitchers because you fall too in love with guys, you know, that they might not be a part of that package come July. They're a part of that package now uh, in December, or maybe they're waiting for that those players to be a part of that package come January. But I think that the White Sox are... Obviously in the driver's seat. There's no reason to trade Dylan Cease. 
I mean, you're really just kind of hoping he doesn't get injured, knock on wood. But even then, if he has an injury, he's still going to be pretty valuable come 2025. Um, it's not like he's untradeable then. I think it's probably worth it to bite the bullet because I also think too, and maybe we'll talk about this when it comes to adding more uh, starting pitchers. You guys talked to Dan Hayes. I know when I, I was out, what was the vibe you got on the twins? I mean, it, the twins seem to be, I mean, listen, you can say best team by default. I think the twins are probably good, even if they're not great. You know what I mean? I don't think anybody's going to pick them to win the world series, but in this division, they can be good and look like they're running away with this thing. That being said, they're dialing back on the spending. They just lost two starting pitchers. And they're just, to me, in my opinion, they don't look unconquerable. Um, But I think the Twins probably got to feel pretty good that they look out at the landscape of the teams that would be trying to compete with them and see a bunch of teams that are far less scary than they are you know who's i've said this point before you know who's going to benefit from improved defense that chris Getz is going out and trying to get dylan cease that would be helpful a lot of ground balls will be felt uh, i think already uh i think last year when he had his most successful season in 2022 uh he had the lowest uh batting average of balls in play so if you also give him better defense the defense was just as bad in 2022 probably has a batting average in play under 200. Um, Like he was so incredible. You give him an improved defense. And if they are able to flip it from negative 17 to uh, anywhere near zero or positive, like this team might be in first place come June uh, of the AL central of of June of what year? 2024. Hmm. The AL Hmm. central is horrific. I don't think that we have painted the, like somebody has to win these ball games. Like, are you, yeah. truly buying that the Detroit Tigers are the favorite or the Twins are the favorite. Like I'm buying that the Twins are the favorite. And but here's what I'm not buying. But you just said they were unconquerable, you know? Like who's someone they're has not to, unconquerable. Someone has to conquer them. Right. But the know. rest of the division's not very good. The point I was <laughs> right. the, the thing That's that I would point I'm making. the thing I would say back to you is <laughs> what about what about what the White Sox has done so have done so far have made them a better team. They have gotten Three guys who are better at defense than three guys they had before. I think they and those raised, three guys are not good at offense. I think they raised their floor. So I think even though that they might not be like again, Tim Anderson has the caliber to be an all star shortstop. I don't think Paul DeYoung does. But again, what we've kind of looked at stat wise, Paul DeYoung's a more consistent fielder than Tim Anderson is. And at least in twenty twenty three, they were probably just as bad as uh, each other, like hitting wise. But DeYoung before that, when he had a little bit more consistency um, in St. Louis, he was about average. So, I mean, he can be, might not give you a five war season like Tim Anderson could or win a batting title, but he could probably give you two war more likely than Tim Anderson. So I I just think that they probably have helped themselves get under that hundred loss. Like, I don't think they're going to lose a hundred games this year. Well, it's hard to do. Right, hundred yeah. games twice I, in a row, especially. But yeah, but then with with more, <laughs> I guess, focus effort to not suck. I think it's going to pay off. I, I think I, I think these are I think these are baby steps, and I don't think baby steps win a division in one season. I think we could be talking about a team that could be very well positioned in twenty twenty five, depending on how a lot of things go in twenty twenty four. But I don't think we can. I, I at least me personally, I do not see. This team as currently constructed, and there's a lot of offseason left, uh, 
challenging for a division in the slightest. It's only 7% of their roster, but I think they have such a head start with Cease and Robert being the caliber players that they are. If Cease is here. I'm assuming that he is in 2024, at least. For the purposes of this conversation. For this conversation, but I, I do, if I had to, place a bet right now I would say Cease is on the opening day roster um, I, I think that framing it in the way <laughs> framing it in the way Sarah's, that Sarah's literally just got her finger hovering over the the cash register button at all times <laughs> it's it's like one of it works for everything I don't know do you have a, t- a top three favorite sound effects we can go to this later in the show if you want to if you want to pick them out I'll, I'll have to look okay all right, me, yeah, all right. we'll time. have Sarah's top three favorite uh, sound effects later on just in, the show. in life or that are um, on the board uh, on the board, I'm okay. assuming. I mean, you can go download some if you want to. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Um, feel free to test them too while we're having this conversation. So if you just need to figure out, like, oh, like, oh what's this sound effect? Random sound effects yeah. going off. Um, but like, I think that seven percent of the roster gives them enough of a head start where making baby steps in this bad of a roster or this bad of a division is pretty good. Like, I think baby steps is, is good because it's, you know, one step for a man, another step for the White Sox to win the division. They'll get you, I guess they'll get you closer to the division, top of the division than they would in another division, which is true. Right. But, yeah. Well, like, Fetty, I think, could be a real, like, again, it's either a washer and dryer or a mystery box. Um, but the one thing that I, I watched a video from a Nats fan in 2022, and even the story of him was, you know, Eric Fetty, in April was horrible with a, a seven plus ERA. And then in uh, March, he looked fantastic uh, or in May, he looked fantastic. And by the end of May, his ERA was like around two. Um, so he made like around eight to 10 starts and had a ERA around two. It's like, Oh, he had an ERA around two in the KBO. He just did it for 30 starts. Like maybe it's really good for him to build up that confidence, change that pitch mix a little bit to be more deceiving to hitters. And they might have an actual number two starter. I mean, how many, I mean, if they do have a one-two starter with Cease and Fetty, I think they probably have the best one-two in the division. Maybe. Depends on what well, Cleveland's got going yeah, on. Maybe. Yeah. Like, I think it's... Minnesota's it's a, got some guys. It's yeah. such a crapshoot, too, because, what, they ended up getting the fourth pick, third pick in the 2024 draft? Sixth uh, pick? They have the sixth pick, or the fifth pick. The fifth, the fifth pick, pick, yes, yeah. Um, and with that and being the market size that they're in, there's no incentive for them to be bad. Like Chris Getz has no reason to be bad in 2024 because he's oh, yeah, not going to be rewarded. Well, they're not trying to be bad. So why can't they luck into a division? Like I, I think I think it's a fair possibility if you have Cease and Robert, just because again this division is. Her- I mean the 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 Guardians are looking to trade Shane Bieber. The Twins are cutting back money. The Royals are the Royals. I would assume they're worse than the White Sox, and then it really just leaves the Tigers. Kind of I don't know. We're getting guys, but not thrilling guys. Right. Yeah. And if Mark Canha and Kenta Maeda. <laughs> and have, Andrew Chafin. And, they brought Andrew Chafin back. And lost Eduardo Rodriguez. That they did, yeah. So I I, I, I don't know. I, I think that there could be a possibility where the White Sox in July have Dylan Cease and don't trade him. Here's what it comes down to. Stop me if you've heard this before. It comes down to Yohan Moncada and Eloy Jimenez. Hmm. And Andrew Vaughn mm. and Andrew Benintendi mm. hitting like they're sp- supposed to hit. Mm. They've done it very rarely in a White Sox uniform. And so I would not blame anybody if they were to believe that it wasn't going to happen again. But what is if- the, you're, you're talking about four of the 
You're talking about four of the five core hitters on this team. Yeah. They need to hit if this team is going to win because the guys they just got this offseason, Paul DeYoung, Nicky Lopez, Max Stassi, whoever they're going to put in right field, those guys, the expectation is not is that those guys are not going to hit very well. They can prove everybody wrong, but right now that offense, if it's going to be an offense, has to be powered by obviously by Robert, but by Moncada and Jimenez and Vaughn and Benintendi. With That's the top five in that batting order right now. No, you're right. Yeah. It's not possible for Luis Robert to have like a 25-war season. I don't want to put the potential cap on him. Then they still need they still need to uh, <laughs> they still need to come up with what 55 wins in order to uh, be 500. Come on, Chris Getz, do your job. Um, for Dylan, if they don't trade him, do you see them still adding starting pitching? Because I think if they trade him, obviously they're going to look for some arms to fill out that rotation or at least that spot that's that's made absent. Do you think they are still aggressive in the starting pitching market? Yes, I think that. Th- I don't believe that a Dylan Cease trade would change a strategy of going to get guys who are low risk but could turn out as bounce back guys. I think players the caliber, current caliber of Michael Soroka and Jared Schuster and to bleed into guys they already had, a Tuki Toussaint, a, a Jesse Schultons, those kind of pitchers, they can add as many of those as they want, really. I mean, they don't have to add them even on major league deals, right? They just got to show up to spring training and hope that they can find some diamonds in the rough. And I do still see them acquiring those types of pitchers, those bottom of the rotation types who could turn out to be something once Bannister and Katz get their hands on them. Um, A Dylan Cease trade, I believe, would only happen if it fetched starting pitching that would address that starting top of the rotation starting pitching need if not in 2024 down the road, right? And so maybe there are some top flight pitching prospects that come in, but they're not ready to be on the opening day roster that would come back in a Dylan Cease trade. But I think those two things almost are independent of one another. I think the idea of what they would get to address starting pitching in a Dylan Cease trade would be about a long-term need. The guys who they would need to get to fill out a rotation this year would be about more more of a shorter term need guys that um that they could see as potential fix fixer uppers if you will (laughs) i love that show (laughs) it's a good good show um let's uh do you think there's too many question marks in this rotation though like i I think that there might be too many is there if they get rid of cease there's nobody who isn't that's fair and i think that's what that's why I would be more on the pessimistic end of their ability to compete this year because like I said there's no certainty there's no there's some exciting there's some exciting names on there Michael Kopech remains an exciting name if he can figure it out Nick Nestrini is an exciting prospect mm-hmm. coming up I don't think and, and certainly Eric Fetty after the year that he had in Korea that's exciting that he could maybe replicate something like that or something even half as good as that in the major leagues I'd be thrilled if Soroka had health like right. if, if you can guarantee Michael Soroka's health, I mean, I'd be very excited to see what he can do. And so I'm not saying that none of those guys are going to be any good. I'm saying that there's no guarantee that any of those guys are going to be anything. And so I don't, you know, you asked me, are there too many question marks in the White Sox rotation? I mean, it's nothing but question marks. It, and, and it doesn't need to not be, I guess, because I don't think many folks have an expectation of them needing a bunch of guys who are going to power a playoff run in, in 2024. Um, but I think, as I've said earlier, what they want is to get an answer to at least one of, or two of those question marks and say, 
put that guy not only just you know put that guy in the 2025 rotation and and, and we'll be happy about that then then that's not a question mark if they can turn some of those question marks into periods or exclamation points for 2025 right. that i think would be uh, uh a job well done in 2024 i i i, I obviously they're not going to be in on blake snell but i do wonder if a period or a punctuation mark is like a michael waka a guy who is consistently at least over the past three years um has given a team at least like 120 innings and, and at least consistently around 25 starts like i do wonder if they look for that guy, Kyle Gibson's off the the the, the free agent uh, roster. He's already a, a cardinal, um, so you can't get that type of guy. But a guy that you know is just going to make a hundred and twenty plus innings worth of starts. Um, Sean Manai as a free agent, he was previously with Bannister uh, in, in San Francisco, so I'm not sure if that's a. a, a play that they make after um especially with him being a lefty so i mean there's a lot of things that still could happen for the white Sox. well and i and i would bring this up too even during those rebuilding years uh you know that the, the, the white Sox went through a few years ago there was always there were always one or two of those guys who they could lean on for innings right i mean you think of you think of james shields you think of yvonne nova you know what i mean these Playing guys my favorite game <laughs> yeah right the i mean these these are guys who are not you know, bringing back dazzling memories of championship glory to White Sox fans, but they served a very important purpose in helping these young these young pitchers, be they starters or relievers, not get killed over the course of a season because, you know, somebody needs to pitch innings. And we've heard Chris Getz talk about not necessarily a need for starting pitchers, but a need for starting pitching innings because – you can't just kill. You can't just kill your bullpen every single day. What if Jared Schuster doesn't work out? What if Jesse Schultons doesn't work out? You can't just have him go, you know, and get seven outs every day, and then mm-hmm. you've got a bullpen in which you have no idea who's going to pitch out of it, and say, "All right, it's all you guys now. Get us to the end of this game." And you can't do that over and over and over again. So, if it was, if there was, uh, if they were to bring in a veteran who could provide innings it would make sense from that standpoint. All right, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, we'll, we'll do a little uh, ad break, um, and then we'll, I'll ask Vinny a question, and then we'll get Sarah's uh, top three sound effects. Um, Vinny, you want to sing a little bit? <laughs> what am I singing? Uh, oh, I, I, now I forget the... You know, it's 588 uh, empire today. I was going to do the, the other company. Don't do the other no, one. Yeah. No, no. They're the same company, but we'll do the Empire <laughs> one. Uh, with Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, and quick and professional installation, and a low price guarantee. Uh, Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring, so of course they have copycats, but Empire can't be beaten on quality, service, speed, so competitors advertise low-quality products that Empire simply won't carry. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does that is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in theirs. Empire keeps shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection. Empire's philosophy is to find uh, help you find what you need and not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. They just want to give you a truly reliable product that they know because they've been in business for 40 plus years. Um, they are the most trustable name in the Chicagoland area when it comes to uh, flooring and their virtual floor designer is a great way to see how new floors will look in any space. It's easy. Just snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your rooms. So schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use 
promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. Thank you, Empire Today. Also want to let you know about our friends over at Ray Chevy. Uh, Our partner, Ray Chevrolet, is having their biggest sale of the year right now. Make your way to Ray Chevrolet on Route 12 in Fox Lake to join in on the savings for their model year-end sales event. As one of the top-selling Chevy dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest Chevy inventories. But right now, they're trying to make room for incoming 2024 models, so all their current inventory must go. Go. Uh, plus, you can find all perfect tailgating vehicles at Ray Chevy because they have over 100 new Silverados in stock. And that's not all. Get 0% financing with $0 down and zero payments until spring 2024 or save over $3,000 on a new Chevy Blazer, $4,000 on an Equinox or over $10,000 on a Silverado. And on top of it all, uh, they're pricing over 125 vehicles under $20,000. Seriously, you cannot get more affordable pricing on cars. So, Head over to, I don't know, I don't, that didn't say it. And then I kind of. Dramatic pause. I got deep, I got, again, I'm not a good swimmer. So I got deep in those waters and I didn't know what to say. And I didn't read the copy, Uh, but I can read this. Uh, Everyone loves the word free and you'll, uh, that's what you'll get at Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake, a free oil change. All you have to do is mention CHGO when scheduling your oil change online or on the phone. And you better hurry because this exclusive offer ends December 31st, 2023. You go in and say any other four syllable, four syllables, four words together. Um, you're not going to get a free oil. Change. Four letters. Four letters. Yeah. Uh, you put, you go say, you know, uh, CHGO. Yeah. You say CHGO. Yeah. You're going to get a free oil change. Uh, so head over to Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com to get your model year end savings. They've been serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. Uh, the 2017 White Sox, the players with the three most innings pitched were? 2017? 2017. Legends of the White Sox uh, land. James Shields. No. 117 innings he missed by three. Mm. That's a good guess, though. A good Thank guess. you. Um, 2017. Mm. Reynaldo Lopez. Nope. Nope. Raylo, eight starts, 47 and two-thirds innings. So that, was, this was, that was pre-low. That was pre-low. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dylan Covey. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. See, always oh, seven, seven seventy one ERA, seventy innings. Pitched. This is the year. This is the year before I uh, assumed full uh, beat duty. So oh. I have to, I have to strain to remember these guys. Should I just tell you? You should. Yeah. Mike Pelfrey. You pick Big Pelf, of course. One hundred and twenty innings. Where is the White Sox? Mike Pelfrey. I would love a Mike Pelfrey. That's that's who the, the who has been kind of uh, moved out of of baseball in, in that 2017 to 2019 year. Uh, the COVID year killed the Mike Pelfrey starter. The role, you mean? Yeah, yeah, the, sure. The, the 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 Kyle Gibson, you know, the the Jordan Lyles. Those guys were killed off by COVID. Um, Miguel Gonzalez, uh, 133 and two third innings. Yeah, and then uh, to lead the team, Derek Holland, the Dutch oven. 135 innings. So uh, that's a real fun 2017 rotation. So, I mean, that could be the... They led the team. Yeah, led the team. So, I, you know, I could bring up Dylan Cease and Luis Roberts Jr. leading them to the 2024 uh, AL Central uh, Championship or uh, Mike Pelfrey could be third on the innings pitched. Go to 2018. 2018, okay. Uh, you, what, you want the top three? Shields, that was the Shields 200 innings here, I believe. Yeah, 204 yeah. and two-thirds innings. And then Ray, had to be Raylo. Raylo, uh, 188 and two-thirds. 
If you don't get this, how? It's Giolito. Giolito. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one hundred seventy-three. That was, that was worst pitcher in baseball year. Yeah, yeah. worst yeah. pitcher in baseball. Uh, can you get? Can you get four and five for the fun of it? I think you can. Covey. Covey. Yeah, fourth, one twenty-one, two thirds, five eighteen ERA, which ain't bad. And. Mm, no, no, I, no! Don't give up. Don't give up. No, come on. Never go. That, that never was, surrender. That, no, that'd be really. This, Someone you, obvious. You can get it. You Someone can, obvious. It's a name you can get. <laughs> it's a name you can get. Riveting radio, I'm sure. Um, it's, it's, I, we're gonna let you sit in it. You only covered the guy for four years. Four. There's a hint. Four years. Well, if you start it's, it's not Kopech, it's not Cease. No. They're the teammates of him. <laughs> well, yeah. He's on the 2021 team. Oh, man. Now I'm just embarrassed. Honestly, you should be. Yeah. I Respectfully. Like I should be. I didn't have Keuchel yet. No. It wasn't Lance Lynn. The draft pick of, of them. Come on. You know who it is, Law? He's, no, he's just coming out here to laugh at me. I, I hate to put you on the spot like this, but I, I actually kind of like it. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I'm just shocked that I can't remember it. Jared Schuster is a, a lefty. Sure it is a lefty. <laughs> I'm literally going around the locker room in my head trying to, trying to find this person's locker. Well, you want to... Uh, oh, I don't. I can't picture the locker room. Is it by a uniform number? <laughs> no, but you're welcome to give me his uniform number. Uh, it's in the 50s. At least with the White Sox. Oh, Mark Burley. What are you talking about? <laughs> that was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've just completely One blanking. less than Burley. Just completely blanking. Number 50. Oh, Rodon. Rodon. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I, I've been I, to his no-hitter. That would have been that would have been a better one. I guess. Better yeah. That was painful for everyone to listen to. All right, Sarah, what's your uh, three favorite sound effects? Okay, so my and could you have played one... any of them during that silly <laughs> struggle of mine? Um. Oh wait, where is it? Oh yeah, this one. Okay. Shame. From Shame. Game of Thrones. Pretty Shame. good. Love this one. That was a great scene. Shame bell. Um. What was the other one? Oh, I mean, I love um, this from the Blackhawk show. Connor's Corner. Okay, this one. is a music bed. Um, and then... <laughs> Sound effects, Sarah. <laughs> oh, I like this one, too. Well, hello, beautiful. That's it. Wow. Those are my three. All right. Well, there you go. Thank you for your, uh, your, your contribution, Sarah. What's the hello, beautiful from? I don't even know, but I, I like the way he says it, so I, I just always find it funny. All right. All right. Well, uh, I, I guess Matt Pack will be mad at me uh, for not knowing where that sound effect's from. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Sarah and her sound effects uh, for producing today's show. Uh, and we will talk to you tomorrow with more White Sox talk. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out of the uh, on your uh, way out. And uh, appreciate Connor for uh, school bowl. Bye. Y'all silly like the mayor.